a wife of the house, or there's visitors who want to eat straight away, then of course the mitzvah of the mitzvah of Shalom Bayit comes first, and he should rather eat and not fulfill his mitzvah of Shabbos as he could, eat straight away and be in the mitzvah of Shalom Bayit. Because of this mitzvah of Miyad, because of this mitzvah of making Kiddush immediately, Chazal instituted extra halacha which is relevant to Kiddush, which is not applicable to almost any other mitzvah, and that is the issue of eating before one actually makes Kiddush. There is an Issa to eat from when Shabbos comes in, which for a woman is when she's lit the candles, or for a man from when he's been a couple Shabbos, usually during davening. It is also for him to eat or drink anything until the time of Kiddush. That is a direct outcome of this halacha of Miyad. Chazal wanted you to make Kiddush immediately, and therefore they said, don't eat. By not allowing you to eat, the chances are very high that you're going to make Kiddush immediately. So therefore there's an Issa to eat before Kiddush. The, as we said, the mitzvah of Kiddush is Minhatayah. And even the mitzvah Drabonon of Kiddush Alayayin is an obligation which falls both on the man and on the woman. The woman and the man have an equal obligation to make Kiddush on Friday night. On the mitzvah of Minhatayah and the mitzvah of Kiddush Midrabonon of Shabbos Day, the, the day Kiddush is also a, a mitzvah which is obligated to both man and woman. However, ch- children we learn, is only a mitzvah midrabon. And a child never has a chiv to do a mitzvah minatayr. And a, a child's chiv is always one stage less than that of the adult. So therefore, a child cannot make kiddush for an adult. And we discussed at length in the previous year that a child does not mean just a child of under 13. A child means a child who has not quite reached puberty, who has not got the two simonim. It can be a child of 13, 14, 15. Until they have, definitely have the simonim which make them into a gadol or gadola, they cannot make Kiddush for an adult. So we said around about 15, 14, 15, under, under 15, a child shouldn't be made to be an adult. We then discussed that, uh, that one can, Misad Halacha, according to strict Halacha, one can even eat, make Kiddush and eat Friday night before one's Dabn Marib. So for instance, in the summer, if you want to Dabn Marib with Nach, you can have your, make Kiddush, have your Shabbos meal before Marib, and finish your meal, then go to Shul and Dabn Marib with Nach. Misad Halacha, there's nothing wrong with that except that it's not the custom it's not the minic which is not the dumb thing for two reasons one is Alpi Kabbalah the Arizal writes against it one shouldn't eat and make Kiddush before you've actually done married and the second reason is because the, the come to the Vilna Gaon which is one shitter one can't one is not allowed to eat before one's done married so because of those two reasons the custom is that one doesn't if it's more convenient and uh, it, perhaps even Shalom Bayes reasons is better then one can eat before one's made Kiddush we then learned that two men who are making Kiddush for their families in the same room shouldn't make Kiddush together because we have a rule, Trey Kalilo Mishnama, two voices can't be heard in one go. So if two men are making Kiddush simultaneously, neither of them have heard Kiddush. A woman can be mighty a man, a woman's got an equal here to a man, so therefore a woman can be mighty the men folk, but ideally a woman shouldn't be mighty a man who's not from the same family. It's Mehilka Smith, it's Zila Milta, the Mishnah Guru writes that a woman shouldn't be mighty a man from a different family. The person who's making Kiddush and the person who is listening to Kiddush both must have Kavana, especially on the, on the Friday night Kiddush, which is a Kiddush Minhatayra. One has to have Kavana to be Yates in the Kiddush, and the one who's making Kiddush must have Kavana to be mighty the Kiddush. The Kiddush of Yomtev, both the night Kiddush of Yomtev and the day Kiddush of Yomtev and the day Kiddush of Shabbos are only a mitzvah drabonon. It is of, of lesser status, less, lesser chiyav than the mitzvah of Friday night. It's only a mitzvah 
Midrabonon. But he has all the halachas that, that Kiddush the Raisa has, Alakos, that the Friday night Kiddush has, the Kiddush of Yom Tov morning, uh, and Yom Tov and Shabbos morning also has. The only difference would be that Shabbos morning, if a person hadn't made Kiddush Friday night, for whatever reason that may be, the person was unwell or was uh, um, an honest, couldn't make Kiddush Friday night, Shabbos morning, the Kiddush changes. Then on Shabbos morning, he, that, the, that person, he or she, must make the Kiddush of Friday night. So if a person didn't make Kiddush Friday night, and comes Shabbos morning, they're feeling up to, to eating, they need to make Kiddush, they have to have the Kiddush, they have to say the Kiddush of Friday night, and it will not suffice for the Kiddush of Shabbos morning. However, they will not say Vayichulu, because as we will see, Vayichulu is not really part of Kiddush. Vayichulu is specific to Friday night, it's not part of Kiddush, it's a, it's a pre, it's a, 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 a Hakdama, it's the something which is added on before Kiddush, the Kiddush only starts from the Bore Priyagofen. So, if somebody didn't make Kiddush Friday night, come Shabbos morning, they need to make Kiddush, they will start with Bore Priyagofen, and then say the Bracha of Kiddush. The, the order of Kiddush is, we start off usually with Yom HaShishi Vayichul HaShemayim, the words Yom HaShishi, which are the two words which precede the words Vayichul HaShemayim in the Pasuk. We start off with those two words because the Rosh Hashemayim, the Beginning letters of those four words are Yud Kei Vav Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim Yud Kei Vav which is the name of Hashem, and we like to start the Kiddush Friday night with the name of Hashem. So therefore, we start with Vayichulu Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim. However, Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim has no real meaning. It's the middle of a pasuk. It has no meaning in its own right. So therefore, quietly we add the few words beforehand. Vahi Erev Vahi The person who's making Kiddush will add those words quietly, and then he will start Kiddush loud. Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim. We discussed there's three different minhagim with respect to standing and sitting during Kiddush. Some people have the minhag to sit right way through from the beginning of Vayichulu all the way through to the end of Kiddush. Some people will stand for Vayichulu and sit at the end of Vayichulu and, and sit for the actual rock of Kiddush. The reason why they stand for Vayichulu is because Vayichulu is a witness. We're giving witness to the creation of Akhtar to the creation of the world. And whenever one gives witness, one has to say it's standing. So they stand for Vayichulu but sit for Kiddush. And some have the minhag to stand right away through from the beginning of Vayichulu all the way through to the end. However, even those who sit from the beginning of Vayichulu will stand for the word Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim. For the same reason as we mentioned before, because Yom Hashishi Vayichulu Hashemayim, we are also saying Hashem's name. We are saying the Yud K Vav K, the four letters which start those four words, which together make the name of Hashem. So whilst one says the name of, Hashem, of the name of Hashem, one stands and one sits after. You've said the words Vayichul Hashemayim, and then you, you, once, that minute will sit right away through to the end of Kiddush. Before one actually starts the Kiddush, the one's finished Vayichul Hashemayim, we've actually finished saying the witness that the, the, the Hakadosh Baruch created the world. We, the Kaddish will say the word Savri Maronon, or some people say Savri Maronon Rabbonon, depending how uh, what mood the Kaddish is in. But Savri Maronon is the are the two words which one should say. Savri means listen, please. Moranon means the people who are listening. Please listen. That means you're asking people to pay attention now. Even if you were asleep during the Vayichulu, please pay attention now because now we are starting Kiddush and it's important for you to listen. So the Kiddush is started with Savri Moranon. Then we say the Boripiagopen, which is always the first bracha of any bracha a la case. We always say the Boripiagopen on the cup of wine. And then we say the bracha of Kiddush. Since Kiddush is the beginning of the Suda, and we will discuss, not we won't make it in, in, in this year, but where's Hashem in the coming year, the halachas of Kiddush from Suda, but Kiddush needs to be fixed and tied together with the, with the actual meal. Therefore, Kiddush must be said when each person is almost standing in their place, not milling around in the middle of nowhere. So ideally, one should have everybody standing fixed in their place before Kiddush, 
and then want to make Kiddush. We then learned a, a few halachas with respect to the actual cup of the wine. The case of the, the Kiddush, Kiddush, Kiddush cup must be full, must be full of wine. However, whatever size the Kiddush cup is, even if it's our simplest Torah cup, it's got to be full of wine for Kiddush. A cup, a Kiddush cup, Nechatkula must be full of wine. If one hasn't got enough wine to fill the cup and one doesn't have another cup, then be the Ebed, one can make Kiddush if you have just a reveal of wine inside your cup, even if your cup isn't full. We then learned that a, the cup of wine mustn't be pogum. Pogum is, if somebody had already drunk from that wine, it mean, pogum really means there's been a, a, a mistake in it, there's, there's something wrong with it. Somebody has already drunk from that cup, then that cup is now possible, no good to be, to be used for Kiddush. One has to fix it by either adding wine to it or making Kiddush on a different cup. So if you have only one cup of wine which has been drunk from, you don't have another cup of wine, then you shouldn't make Kiddush on that wine. If you, you don't have any other wine, then you should ideally make Kiddush on bread over the, over the challah, which we'll discuss a bit later on in, in tonight's shir. Allah is making Kiddush over challah. If you all you have in front of you is bread or wine which has already been drunk from, make Kiddush on bread. If you have nothing besides this cup of wine which has already been drunk from, then with the average you can make Kiddush on that as well. We then learn that you have to wash your cup of, your, your becher, your Kiddush cup, before you put the uh, wine in, of course. You have to wash it inside and outside. It's according to Kabbalah, and it's quoted in the Gemara and in Halakha, that one has to wash a Kiddush cup inside and outside. Some people have the minute to, the Gemara says you should, you should be ma'ata, you should crown the cup of Kiddush, and some people have the minute to place cups, other cups around the Kiddush cup to crown the Kiddush cup. So if you ever see people putting a, a line of cups around the Kiddush cup, it comes from the Gemara, which says also, based on Kabbalah, that you should be ma'ata, you should crown the Kiddush cup, and that's why they put the di- different cups around. It's not just convenient to be able to dish out the wine after Kiddush. And finally, we learned last week that you should, your, during Kiddush, your challah must be covered. And we went through many different reasons why the challah must be covered on top and underneath. And at the end of it, we discussed, we, we came out that the challah should remain covered until the end of the bracha of Hamaiti. So you will have your challah covered during Kiddush, and it will remain so until you said your bracha Hamaiti, and then you fulfilled all the reasons why the challah has to be covered. And that brings us to the end of the previous year, and I will move on with, with the new halachas of uh, Hilkos Kiddush. The Makadish, a person who makes Kiddush on a cup of wine, must drink from that wine. At least a Mole Lugmov, a Mole Lugmov is a cheekful of wine. So the person who's making Kiddush, we'll discuss it, it has to be the person in a minute, but the person who's making Kiddush, at least from the Kiddush cup, where Kiddush has been, has been made on, at least a cheekful of wine must be drunk. A Mole Lugmov. A Mole Lugmov is literally a rave of a Revis. I don't want to go into the figures and numbers of what a Revis is and how we work out a Revis, but a rave of a Revis is a Mole Lugmov. Ideally though, Mole Lugmov really depends on the person. So a smaller person, somebody with a smaller mouth, will have a smaller Mali Lugmov, and somebody with a larger mouth will have a larger Mali Lugmov. But Allah does tell us that even somebody with a very big mouth does not have to drink more than a Revis. Even if his Mali Lugmov is slightly small. I've yet to meet somebody with a mouth that size. Now, the first shit in Shulchan Aruch is that the actual person who's making Kiddush must drink that Mali Lugmov. And if he doesn't drink that Mali Lugmov, then you're not Yetzir Kiddush. That's the first shit of the shit of the Gainim, that the one who's making Kiddush must drink Mali Lugmov. The second shit is that if the person who's drinking it can't drink, for whatever reason there is, the second shit allows somebody else to drink, that it must be one person who will drink the Mali Lugmov. So if the Makadish can't drink for whatever reason, there, whatever reason, 
he, he could give the cup of wine that he's made Kiddushan to somebody else to drink and let that other person drink but he should drink a Mole Lugmov and according to that the second shitter if the second person doesn't drink a Mole Lugmov in his own right again one has not been near to Kiddush the third shitter is but the Ebed if one can't find a single person to drink the Mole Lugmov then if you hand out the wine to different people who are you, who, who are being yoked to your kiddush, and together, it, they, they, what they drunk makes up a cheekful, and again, one is yoked to kiddush. So ideally, kiddush should be drunk. The kiddush wine should be drunk by the one who's making kiddush. If one can't, one should give the cup to somebody else to drink a molly lugmov. And if you can't even do that, then at least, well, this, this is the least. At least, one you have to you have to have all the people together having drunk a molly lugmov. In, in the time of Chazal, it's mentioned in the Gemara, the, the, the minig seem to have been, the Gemara discusses a story where one Amira came to a town, uh, one Shabbos morning he was in a town, and they, uh, they, uh, they invited him to make Kiddush, at the public Kiddush. And they said to him, the words they used were, they said, please, can you make Kiddush Rabbah for us? Now this Amira wasn't quite sure what Kiddush Rabbah, he got slightly nervous. What Kiddush Rabbah? Kiddush Rabbah literally means a big Kiddush. He got slightly nervous, he didn't, didn't know exactly what they meant. Does, do they mean just to make Boi Piyagofen like we say really because the main kid is in Shabbos morning is Boi Piyagofen or do they mean do they mean something extra so he didn't know what to do and then he had this brainwave and he said every kid is starts with Boi Piyagofen that's a given every kid is starts with Boi Piyagofen so the Gemara tells us he picked up his cup and he made Kiddush. He said, Bor Hashem, Gotham. And there was an old gentleman in the, in the crowd who couldn't wait and he immediately picked up a cup of wine in front of him and drank it. So he realized that in this town the minute was just to say Bor Gotham, and the word Kiddush Rabba was really a bit tongue-in-cheek. What it meant was just the Bor Gotham. But what you see is something else from that Gemara. What is interesting to note is that in the time of Chazal it seems that the, the people who were being Yotzeh Kiddush had a cup of wine in front of them. Not like we have where there's one cup of wine with the Makadish makes and he hands out that wine to everybody. It seems from the Gemara, and that's how the Shanim understand it, that the, in the time of the, time of the Gemara, the minute was every person had a cup of wine, and the person, the Makadish would make Kiddush, and they would all drink their own cups of wine. And that cup of wine is, has the same halachas, it's called a cup of Kiddush wine, though you never actually set Kiddush on it, but the Makadish is saying Kiddush for you, so all those, those cups of wine in front of the people who are listening to Kiddush has the, have the halachas of wine, Kiddush, uh, uh, Kreshel Kiddush. And you do not need to drink anything from the cup of the Mekadish. So the halacha tells us, if you do have a situation like that, if somebody's got a lot of spare wine, and they put a cup in front of everybody of wine, and the Mekadish makes Kiddush, as we see again from Agamora, the people who are listening to Kiddush don't need to wait for the Mekadish to drink. They can drink immediately, bef- even before the Mekadish has actually drunk his wine. As long as they don't need to have to come onto the wine of the Mekadish. So if the cup of wine which is in front of the person listening has already been drunk from so it's what we call pogum and if it's pogum it's not considered a cup of wine so in order for it to be considered a cup of wine he has to have a bit of wine poured in from the Makadish, then he wouldn't be allowed to drink even if the Makadish poured the wine in before he drank he wouldn't be, they wouldn't be, the people who are listening wouldn't be allowed to drink from their own cups until the Makadish has drunk or in our, in our situations where we pour the cup of wine and give a little bit of the Kiddush wine to each person. The, the people who are listening to Kiddush mustn't drink their wine, even if it was poured out before the Makadish drank it. They mustn't drink until the Makadish has actually drunk his wine. So, if each person has a full cup of wine in front of them, they can drink immediately. If they need to come onto the cup of wine that the Makadish has made Kiddush on, then they can't drink until the Makadish has actually drunk.
If the Mechabish made Kiddush and spoke in between the drinking and in between the Kiddush and the drinking. So he's made Kiddush. He said, He said the Baruch of Kiddush. And before he drank, one of his little children was irritating him. So he shouted at them. And then he picked up his cup and he drank. He's, well, he's about to drink. So what does he do now? Does he have to make Kiddush again? Or does he not have to make Kiddush again? Now here the halacha is interesting. The halacha to make Kiddush on wine is not bound together with a Baruch Pergothen. That means... Though this person will definitely have to make a new boypiragofen, because she's spoken between the boypiragofen and the drinking of the wine, just as if a person eats an apple and he makes a brocha and speaks in between the brocha of the apple and the eating of the apple, that's a hefsit, he has to make a new brocha, so definitely he has to make a new brocha of boypiragofen. However, the brocha of Kiddush, he doesn't have to make again, because at the end of the day, his Kiddush was said over a cup of wine. And true, one has to drink to be Yitzhak Kiddush, but you don't have to actually drink well, we'll see, you have to drink the, the, the Kiddush wine, but even if you have to make a new boy prayer often, at the end of the day, he's still drinking the Kiddush wine, so that Kiddush is fine. He doesn't have to repeat Kiddush, he just has to repeat the boy prayer often. The same thing would apply if a person made Kiddush, and as he was about to sit down to drink his Kiddush wine, the whole cup spilled. So what would you do? Again, you would refill the cup of wine, so you have another cup of wine in front of you. You will then drink... Now here, it depends. If you have the wine on the table in front of you and your intention was with your boy Pragofen to be, to make a broken all the wine in front of you, you won't have to make another boy Pragofen again. If you didn't have any wine in front of you and you had no intention of drinking any more wine, then you would have to repeat again the boy Pragofen. But the, whatever the case may be, you would pour the new wine into the cup. You wouldn't have to make Kiddush again, even though it's not exactly the same cup of wine, it doesn't matter. It's still called drinking a cup of Kiddush wine and you'll be Yotza, your Kiddush that way. Same thing would apply if a person made Kiddush and before he drank, after he made the Kiddush, he would leave the room, for whatever reason may be, and then come back in. Again, he would have to make a new boy prayer often, as the, as the halacha tells us, when a person leaves the room, in between the brocha and the eating, he has to make a new boy prayer often. But the, what comes out from that halacha is that the Kiddush, as long as it's said on the wine, and as long as you eventually drink, it doesn't, even if it's not the exact cup of wine, or even if you've made a hefzit, and you have to make a new boy prayer often, your Kiddush, you'll still be in your room. Now this is something which can happen on an odd occasion. If a person pours his wine into his cup and he made Kiddush with all his cover on it and as he's about to drink he realizes it's gone off. It's become vinegar, turned vinegary and on vinegar one can't make Kiddush. So here unfortunately the halakha is a bit more strict since it's not wine so your actual Kiddush that you said on the cup was never said on wine. Inside the cup was vinegar. Since you never had wine in the cup you have to repeat the Kiddush Again, right from the beginning. You might not have to say Vayichulu again, because Vayichulu, as we said, is nothing to do with Kiddush, but you would have to repeat the Kiddush all the way through. What would happen if you made Kiddush on wine? Thinking it was wine, and as you were about to drink, you realized it wasn't wine, but it was Chama Medina. Now, we're going to discuss this at the end of the Shem Hashem, but Chama Medina means the, a drink, the, the standard drink of that country, which is uh, something one can use for Kiddush. So you'd make Kiddush thinking it was wine, and you made your boy Pragofen. And you pick it up, and you realize it's beer. Right? Beer is one of the things which one can make Kiddush on. And you realize it's beer. Are you going to Kiddush? So again, here we go back to our original halacha. It's equal to having it spilled, or when you made the hefsek. The Kiddush was set on something, on a cup, which you're allowed to say Kiddush on. So your Kiddush is a good Kiddush. The only thing that's wrong here is your boy Pragofen was wrong. 
So what you'd have to do is you'd have to make a shahakul. You make a shahakul, you can now drink your beer and your yoyt to your kiddush. You do not need to repeat your kiddush, because again, your kiddush was actually said over a cup of something that one's allowed to use for kiddush. Now we're going to digress for, just for a, a short while, and then we'll come back. Again, a continuation of the halakhas we, le- we just learned, but we're going to digress just for a few moments. There is a, a machlekes in the Shulchan Aruch between the Mechaba and the Ramah, which is a machlekes in Minhagim, and different people will have different Minhagim. When does one actually wash for Hamotzi? Does one wash for Hamotzi before Kiddush? Or does one wash for Hamotzi after Kiddush, before one is about to eat the, eat the challah? The Mechaba actually says that one is not allowed to wash before Kiddush. Because by washing before Kiddush, you are then making a break, a hefsek, between your washing and your hamaytzi. And that's not allowed. Now the Mishnah explains that the Mechaba is only referring to the Mechavish himself, the one who's actually making Kiddush. The people who are just listening to Kiddush, they've not said Kiddush. So for them, there's no break, there's no hefsek here at all. So they can happily wash. So everybody agrees, the people who are listening can happily wash before Kiddush. The question arises, the Machlech says, can the Mechadosh wash before Kiddush or not? The Mechadosh says he can't, and the Ramah says, on the our minig, which is where the, the minig of most of us comes from, on the to wash before Kiddush. And we don't take it on to be a hefsek, it's not called a hefsek, it's all one meal, it's not, you can actually make Kiddush on, on bread, therefore it's not considered a hefsek, and therefore one can wash before Kiddush, and make Kiddush, and make Hamaita straight away. L'halach Hamaita, somebody who has a minute to wash before Kiddush should definitely carry on washing before Kiddush somebody who doesn't have a minute to wash before Kiddush shouldn't start washing before Kiddush should continue not washing before Kiddush or somebody who has no minute at all again should wash after Kiddush not wash before Kiddush but somebody who has a minute to wash before Kiddush that's a remark should carry on washing before Kiddush now here there's a slight difference so here the, the, these two minhagim affect our shaila, our halacha that we discussed just a, a few minutes ago you, you made Kiddush on a cup of wine and you turned, it turned out to be vinegar. We said you have to repeat Kiddush. Now, if you were a family who washed before Kiddush, so you're now, you're ready to go straight into your hamotzi, and we know that Bidyeved, as we're going to see later, Bidyeved, you can make Kiddush on bread, and of course, if you've washed before Kiddush, you've got your challah in front of you, which ideally you should, you should have anyway, but you definitely have it in front of you if you've washed before Kiddush, so even though your wine turned into vinegar, and you won't yoke to your Kiddush because of Kiddush on your cup of wine because it was vinegar, but I've got my bread in front of me. So with the Ebed, my Kiddush will work because it will be Kiddush on, t- on my challah. However, those who have the minute to wash after Kiddush, so they, they can't eat the bread immediately now, they have to go out and wash, so then you can't say that my Kiddush is a Kiddush on bread because it's going to be a hefzik, you're going to go out and wash and come back. So that's mafsik, because that's a break between your kiddush and the eating of the bread. That's definitely not kiddush on bread. Then that person will have to make kiddush again. So here, the people who have a minute in this uh, strange situation. The people who have a minute to wash before kiddush, they gain. They gain slightly. They won't have to repeat the kiddush. So a person who makes kiddush and finds in the cup of wine it's vinegar. If he has a minute to wash before kiddush, will not have to repeat the kiddush again. We'll just say hamotzi and eat the challah. Somebody who washes after kiddush will have to pour a new cup of wine out. Not, not vinegar, wine, make Kiddush again, and go and wash and make a mercy. Wine, which has a bad smell. It's wine. We're not talking about wine which has gone off, we're talking about wine which is wine that has a bad smell. Shouldn't be used for Kiddush. Uh, the Shulchan talks about wine which has been put in a, in a, in a vessel which 
was dirty or smelly and the smell entered into the wine so the wine now has a, a bad smell to it that wine shouldn't be used for Kiddush at all we discussed many many moons ago the halacha of Mayim Magulim uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the halach of leaving water open in the time of Chazal any water that was left open for a few seconds wasn't allowed to be, to be drunk because they were worried that the snakes or scorpions or tiny little poisonous insects would come and drink from the cup, vessel, barrel wherever it was of, of the liquid and leave some of their poison inside and by you drinking it afterwards Chasashalem it could damage you so Chazal banned the drinking of Mayim Megulim and so too any, anything which is a mashka anything that any insects would drink from was banned from being drunk if it was left open nowadays Tasis already says and that's how we pass in Halacha but nowadays we don't worry about that and if you left a cup of water open you can drink it because we don't have snakes and scorpions and insects running around our house they don't drink our, our water the worry is not there and therefore we, we don't worry about Mayim Megulim However, even though the halach of Mayim Megulim doesn't apply nowadays, but with respect to wine, we are more machne. So, true, if you left wine open for a short while, it wouldn't worry us. You can make Kiddush, because the halachas of Mayim Megulim don't apply. And we're not worried that anybody, any snake or insect is drunk from it. But, wine which is left open for a long period of time, either to the extent that it damaged the flavor of the wine, or you've left it open overnight, that wine cannot be used for Kiddush. So Yain Megulin cannot be used for Kiddush. In fact, there, was a, 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 there used to be a dime in, in, in the basin here in, in London, uh, unfortunately he's not alive anymore, who, because he was quite worried about this halach of Yain Megulin on Pesach night, where we make kit, we pour the second case of the four cases before we start Manish Tama, and we only drink it right at the end of Haggadah, right at the end of Magid, before, just before we, we the, the Mojtsimatsu on the morrow. And for those who spend a long time on Haggadah, it can be quite a long time. He, he, I don't know if he actually had it made, or he bought one, he bought a uh, becker with a lid. So when it came to the, when he finished, when, we, when they poured the, uh, the second cup out, and they finished the Manishtani, he would shut the lid, so he had no problem of Yai Megulin, and he would open it again when it came to the end of the Haggadah. But that's just, uh, it's Lahalacha, that's, that's a, 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 quite a bit of a Chumrah. We only have to worry if it's open long enough that the, that the wine will change its taste or overnight. And uh, I hope that the, the Maggi doesn't take that long. Ideally, one should use red wine for Kiddush. Mitzvah minamukha, the Shokhanov says, Mitzvah minamukha, it's a, a, a better mitzvah to use red wine for Kiddush. White wine is a machlekes. Some Rishonim hold white wine is no good. It's possible for Kiddush. We don't take on the halacha like that. We take on the white wine is kosher for Kiddush. However, we tried a wine which is very white. I'm not quite sure what wine that is. Wine which is extremely white. The halacha says you shouldn't use. I don't know exactly what that means. Very white wine. But that's what, that's what it says in the halacha. But since white wine is, is a machlekes, it's a mitzvah to take red wine. However, if the white wine is of better taste, you prefer the white wine, then you can take the white wine instead of the red. Raisin wine, wine which is not made out of grapes, made out of raisins, is also considered wine and can be used for kiddush. Grape juice, the poskin nowadays take on, most poskin, though there are one or two who raise doubts about it the most pus can take on that you can make Kiddush on grape juice and that's the Minigar Elam you do make Kiddush on grape juice there are one or two who say that you can't make Kiddush on grape juice and I think their reason is because the Halacha tells us that you mustn't use 
wine which is called yain migitoi wine straight from the barrel mustn't be used that means wine that's not been left for a while to ferment in the barrel mustn't be used so even though our grape juice is probably many months old but since it's not fermented they consider it yain migitoi and therefore they don't allow you to use grape juice but nearly all the Paschim in Russia Feinstein most of the Paschim say that one can use grape juice for, for Kiddush and that's definitely the Minik to use grape juice for Kiddush yain mevushel wine which has been cooked which is standard in most of, most, most of today's wine, wine which most of today's wine are pasteurized, and most of them are pasteurized to a, to a very high degree of Fahrenheit, which reaches the level of Yain Mavushal. Yain Mavushal is again a big machlekes in Shulchan Aruch. Can one use, is Yain Mavushal considered wine, and can one use it for Kiddush? Lahalach, again, we paskin that it's considered wine one can use it for Kiddush however it's quite clear in the halacha that if you have a choice of two wines one which is mavushal and one which isn't mavushal you should ideally use the one which is not mavushal rather than the one which is mavushal however having yain which is not mavushal around the house is risky one has to realize that if one has a cleaner and they start um, pouring themselves a cup of wine or moving the wine with intent to move the wine etc you have problems of yain stam there can be problems with yain which is not which is not mavushal around the house so if one does want to start being machmir and having yain which is not mavushal be wary of what we call yain stam again if you have two wines one which is better than the other the one which is better is mavushal and the one which is not so good is not mavushal again you can take the one which is mavushal now to come back to the halachas of kiddush on bread Kiddush on bread is really in the Yishayim enormous machlekes. Can one make Kiddush on bread? Can one not make Kiddush on bread? And therefore the minigis and the mitzvah is to make Kiddush on wine because that way you are Yoytza all the Yishayim everybody says you can make Kiddush on wine whether you can make Kiddush on bread is enormous machlekes. The if the Shukhanach does say that one can make Kiddush on bread if bread is, if, if bread is more preferable to you than wine then you can make Kiddush on bread but the ideally you want to make Kiddush on wine if bread is more preferable then some we show hold that you can make Kiddush on bread instead of wine so the best is wine wine which is red wine not white wine wine which you like wine which is not mavushal that's the best wine to use for Kiddush if you prefer bread then the remark says in the name of the Rosh that even the Ebed you can use bread for, for Kiddush as well or somebody who has no wine or somebody who can't drink wine he has wine but finds it difficult to drink and there's no one else in the room who can actually fulfill the mitzvah of drinking that wine then he should make Kiddush over bread and again Kiddush over bread you would wash you would make, make Kiddush with your hands on top of the bread just like when we hold the, the Kiddush cup you hold the Kiddush cup the cup's in your hand so the, the Kiddush should be called Kiddush on the cup of wine you hold the cup in your hand so too you would put your hands on the bread and you would make Kiddush and then instead of you would make Amotzi in Kiddush instead of Bokeragotin in Kiddush you would make Amotzi in Kiddush and you would just eat the bread and continue the Suda as normal Shabbos morning however one shouldn't really make Kiddush on bread the Ramal says you shouldn't make Kiddush on bread because Shabbos morning the, the Kiddush is only the Bracha it's only the main Kiddush of the Bokeragotin the extra bits we say before and those who do is not really Kiddush it's just extra bits to make it look like Kiddush but it's not really Kiddush the Kiddush is just the Bracha of Bokeragotin so if you're going to make Kiddush on bread there's no there's no there's nothing visible to show that you're actually making Kiddush because you're only going to make a moat in the bread to eat the bread so in Shabbos morning in order that the Kiddush should be recognized as a Kiddush ideally you shouldn't make Kiddush on bread you should preferably make Kiddush on wine or if one can't make Kiddush on wine 
we have what we call Chama Medina. Now the halacha of Chama Medina is as follows. One can make Kiddush on any wine, any drink, any drink that is the standard drink for that country. Now exactly what's called the standard drink for the country is not clear in, in the Paschim. Again, it's discussed in many different ways. Either it means something that if you had a visitor, you would often not a visitor who's thirsty, a visitor, a mechubadik a visitor, an honorary visitor came to you and you want to give them a, a drink out of cover, not out of thirst. That type of drink you would give them, say a cup of wine you would give them, a cup of whiskey perhaps you would give them, uh, some people would give a cup of beer perhaps. Drinks like that that you would, you would, you would serve to a Hoshima visitor is called Khamar Medina. Um, others say drinks that the average person would use as a condiment, as an, as an extra to a meal is also called Khamar Medina. So a drink that would be standard, would, would, as standard, would be served together with a meal. Wine is always served together with a meal. Um, in some areas, beer is served together with a meal. Whiskey is served together with a meal. These types of drinks are considered Hamar Medina according to everybody. So the halacha is, ideally, again, one should make Kiddush on wine, not on Hamar Medina. If you can't make Kiddush on, on wine, make Kiddush on bread. If you can't make Kiddush on bread, then you should make Kiddush on Hamar Medina. Shabbos morning, however, as we said, you should preferably make Kiddush on wine. If you can't find wine, you should make Kiddush on Hamar Medina. And if you haven't got Hamar Medina, then you can make Kiddush on the bread. Now, just to finish up and discuss one or two cases of what's called Hamar Medina, and you'll be quite surprised at some of the things that some poskim would call Hamar Medina. Now, whiskey and beer is definitely called Hamar Medina. They are standard drinks in most countries, and therefore they are considered Hamar Medina. Whiskey has a little area of problem with it, in the sense, not problem, in the sense that how much whiskey does one have to pour in a cup to make Kiddush on? Now, we know that a cup of Kiddush has to have a reverse of wine. So the Mishnah Brewer writes that if you're going to make Kiddush on whiskey, you should pour a reverse of whiskey. And just as when you're making Kiddush on wine, you have to drink a Molly Lugmov, and hopefully when you're making Kiddush on whiskey, you haven't got a big mouth, you're going to have to drink a Molly Lugmov of whiskey, and somehow get, get, you know, get somebody to take you home afterwards. If, however, there are a lot of Paskim, and the Hasidim are very making on this, who hold that since the standard drink of whiskey is not to have a reverse, is to have a symbol of whiskey or whatever it's called, then you don't have, you're not afraid to have more than the standard sized cup of whiskey and drink that type, that amount of whiskey, no more than that. And Hasidim, you'll find them very often at the Kiddush pouring a little bit of whiskey into a cup and making Kiddush on that because that's how they take on. But when you're making Kiddush on whiskey, you do not need to have the full share. Not like the Mishnah Brewery, you do not need to have the full share. Um, the, the standard size of a whiskey cup is fine. I don't think that's really Nagela Meister here. I can't see any of you making Kiddush on a cup of whiskey. We're going to come to that in a minute. And somebody else is making Kiddush on whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, you should make sure you go to Kiddush where somebody's making Kiddush on wine. Beer, which is drunk in large amounts, and then definitely you need a reverse and you need to drink Molly Lugma. Um Some of the other liquids that are questionable whether they are Hamar Medina. Milk, which is drunk as a drink. In the old days, milk wasn't drunk as a drink, but nowadays milk is drunk as a drink. Some parts can hold that is called Hamar Medina, some possible hold is not. So if you have nothing else available for Kiddush, all you have is milk, you can use milk for your, for Kiddush. Orange juice, apple juice, is again a very big machlekes in the Paschim, and Moshe Feinstein, uh, um, would like to say that orange, orange juice and apple juice is, is Hamar Medina. These are standard drinks which you would serve. Any Mechubadika visitor, who comes to you, any meal you would drink together with oranges and apple juice. Again, other Paskin disagree. So, but the ever, if you have nothing else, any oranges and apple juice, you can use either of those for Kiddush. 
Lemonade, cola, lemonade, which is again another, a similar idea to oranges and apple juice, is also machlekes. If you, you have nothing else, or you wake up Shabbos morning and you just can't face drinking anything, all you can is a cup of coke. With the effort, you can make kiddush on that as well. Tea and coffee is much is already mentioned in the very early poskim. Tea and coffee is a standard drink, and therefore, according to most poskim, there are a handful of homekel, but it's much broader. Those the, the poskim who consider it. Hamamadina is much broader than any of the others. Tea and coffee is definitely more of a Hamamadina than any of the others that were mentioned, besides uh, beer and whiskey. However, tea and coffee has a slight technical problem with, with tea and coffee. Now, the lot of drinking a reviews of wine, uh, uh, wine, I forgot to mention before, is not just you have to drink a molylugmov, it has to be drunk in the shear of today Achilles Pras. The, the, uh, the Achilles Pras means the shear that it would take to eat a Pras of bread, which according to the Paschim starts at two minutes and goes all the way through to nine minutes depending on which of the, I'm talking about the early Paschim we try to consider Achilles past two minutes to the average four minutes for in, in special situations we will spread to nine minutes for instance in Yom Kippur we will take Achilles past to be nine minutes because that's the Chumrah but when we go in the Kula we try to keep it at two minutes three and a half minutes four minutes around that mark so you have to drink your Mali Lugmov within two minutes now when you're drinking wine that's fine that's not a problem you will drink it way within that time span. When you're drinking a cup of coffee, now you have to drink your Mali Lugmov within the time span of Kedai Achilles Pras. Now that's going to become difficult if your coffee's hot. If your coffee's not hot, then the problem is, is it Chama Medina? Do people drink cold coffee? Now iced tea has become fashionable. I don't know if it's Chama Medina yet, but it's perhaps maybe but coffee and tea what we, the, the coffee and tea that we're referring to is really hot coffee and hot tea so if we're going to take two minutes to be we're going to enter into, into problems so if you can't make Kiddush on wine and all you can make Kiddush on is coffee and tea which is your next best then make Kiddush and coffee and tea but try at least to drink your, your Molly Lugmov within the time span of four minutes Four minutes is the middle, middle of the way. Shabbos morning, we're talking about really Shabbos morning here where it's really, where it really affects most people. Shabbos morning is Kiddush's Drabonon. We can be a bit more Mako. So if you're going to make Kiddush on coffee or tea, make it, drink it at least as, as within the time span of four minutes. And that way you've been Yetza Kiddush with Chama Medina. That brings us to the end of the Halachas of Kiddush for this week. Next, in two weeks time we'll continue, we'll finish off the Halachas of of Kiddush with the halachas of Kiddush Machum Suda, and as I said, we will move on to we will move on to official. Um, Just to finish up with the Gemara, and I can't find my paper. We'll see a minute ago. We'll have to say from memory. The Pasuk in this week's Sedra, the middle of this week's Sedra, starts Achedish Hazelochem, Rosh Echadoshim. Achedish Hazelochem, Rosh Echadoshim. Nisan, the month of Nisan, which is the month that Kalisol came out of Mitzrayim in this week's Sedra, the month of Nisan is the first of the months. We count our months from Nisan, we don't count our months from Tishri, we count our months from Nisan. The word in the Pasuk is Achedish Hazelochem, Rosh Echadoshim. This month is a month for you, Rosh Echadoshim, as the first of all the months. We have to understand what the word Lochem, why does the Torah add in the word Lochem? What does it mean it's the month for you? The Ramban explains why is Nisan the first of all the months. And he explains as follows, he says, if we count all the months from Nisan, so we will say Nisan is month one, 
Iyar is month, second month from Nisan. Sivan is the third month from Nisan. And every time you mention the month, you'll be mentioning the Ness which took place in the month of Nisan, the Ness of Yisus Mishraim. And in order to, for us to remember the Ness of Yisus Mishraim, the Ness, the Ness Gogl, as Rabban calls it, which took place in Nisan, we count all the months from Nisan. Now, understanding Rabban means more than just remembering. Rabban is telling us that the counting of the months of the year from Nisan must be counted from Nisan because the nest of Nisan Mishraim took place in Nisan and therefore the counting works its way from that nest through the year. What's significant about the nest? Of course it was significant that we became Khalisro, we came out of Mishraim, but why is, why is that tied together with the months? Why do we have to count the months from them in order to remember the months of the, the nest which took place in Nisan Mishraim? We find another interesting Chazal which is mentioned in Rashi right in the beginning of Bereshis. Rashi asks, Rashi quotes the Chazal and asks, why does the prayer start from Bereshit Borelikim? It should really start from Achedesh Hazel Lochem. So Rashi says, really, that you're right, the prayer should start from Achedesh Hazel Lochem, but Kayach Maisov Higid Liamoy, HaKadosh wanted to tell us the wonder, the wonderful strength of his creation, so that he started from Bereshit Borelikim. But ideally, what the prayer, which is really the prayer for us, the prayer really starts with Achedesh Hazel Lochem. What's significant about the Tash of Achidish HaZelochem that for that the Torah ideally should have started there. The Moral explains at length that in HaKadosh Baruch's control of the world where HaKadosh Baruch runs the world he runs the world really in two parallel ways. He runs the world in what we call Hamhagas HaTeva the world the physical world the world of Teva and in the world of Teva there's everything that we have in the world of Teva there's Chet in the world of Teva there's Golos there's a world of, of Teva there's another Anhogah which runs another control another method of running the world which HaKadosh does and has is what we call Anhogah HaTayr the world which is run according to the Tayr that's a world which is run not by Teva a world which is run it's a, a world which is controlled way above the, the Parameters of the physical world, it's the Anhoga, or what we call the Mailem Nateva, Anhoga of Tayyar. The Anhoga, the, the, the beginning of the created world, the Tajnish Market actually brings a, a nice little remnant to, to this, this, on this morale. He says, the Prophet says, in the Pasha of the Kabonis of Rishkadesh, the, the Prophet tells us, the Prophet starts with the word Zeus. And he says, the word Zeus is made up of Zion, and an Aleph on the top. He said, Zion is the seven days of creation. The seven days of creation are the seven days of creation of the physical world. So the Zion refers to the seven, the Anhogger of the physical world, the Anhogger of Teva. Aleph and Sof is the first letter of the alphabet and the last, last letter of the alphabet. We know that the Torah was created with, 20, with, 20, with 22 letters, the, the 22 letters of the alphabet. The first one being the Aleph and the second one being, the last one being Sof. So the Aleph and Toph refer to the Anhogah of HaKadosh which is through the Aleph and the Toph, the Anhogah of Teir. The Anhogah of Teva is the Anhogah of the created world. That's the Anhogah of Teva, the Anhogah of the seven days of the week. The Anhogah of Teir, the Anhogah of the Mina Teva, that's the Anhogah of the Aleph and the Toph, the Anhogah of Teir. Which comes through the Aleph and the Toph, because the Teir is written with the letters of the alphabet. The Pasha of HaKadosh HaZelochem, and the, and the, the first Pasha and the Torah of Bereshis, they differ on these two Amhogas. Bereshis, the whole state of Bereshis, 
is the Hamhaga of Teva. That's what Bereshis is. Bereshis is the creation of the physical world. Last week, said, Rashi told us that HaKadosh Baruch only revealed himself to the others with the name Shakai. The name Shakai means Lamish Oymed Dai. HaKadosh Baruch said enough. He said Shakai means from the word Dai. The last two letters of the, of the, of the name of Hashem Shakai is Dalai Jud, is Dai, enough. HaKadosh Baruch he put boundaries. He put boundaries, physical boundaries. Shakai is the name of HaKadosh Baruch which can be revealed in the physical world. But when he came to Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Rashi said in last week's Seder, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm not going to reveal myself to you with the name Shakai. I'm going to reveal myself to you with the name Yudkei Vavkei. Yudkei Vavkei literally means Hoya, Hoiva, Viyya. Past, present, and future. It's the name which brings together the past and the present and the future. It removes all the barriers of the past and the present and the future and it brings together the past and present and the future into one name of, of Yudkei Vavkei. The name Yudkei Vavkei refers to the Anhogger, which is Lamaila Minateva. It was that name, that, that Anhogger, which HaKadosh took us out of Mitzrayim. It was this new Anhogger that HaKadosh gave to Kalisol and said, you Kalisol, I'm taking you out of Mitzrayim with these wonderful missing. This nest dogger which took place in Mitzrayim, that's the nest which shows us that HaKadosh really deals with Kalisol in this Anhogger, which is not, which is not Teva, but Anhogger Lamaila Minateva, that is the nest dogger which took place in this Mitzrayim. The first month is the month of Nisan, says Ramban, because the first month will remind us, the month of Nisan reminds us of this, of this nest god which took place. It's not the nest god that we need to be reminded of. What we need to be reminded of and understand is that we, Kalishon, are not bound, if we kept to the Torah as we should, we wouldn't be bound to the physical parameters of the physical world. We would be able to elevate ourselves and live in the Anhogger of the month of Nisan, the Anhogger of the Nest God which took place in the month of Nisan. The, by counting the months from Nisan, Ea, Sivan, Ea, month number two to Nisan, Sivan, month number three, what we are doing is we are saying, we are understanding that the way we are, our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the connection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to us is that which is far removed from the physical world. We're not bound by the physical world, we're elevated from the physical world. The Chazal tell us that Bris Mila is one of the most important, it has a tremendous chashivas. And the Gemara says, why is this Mila got such a chashivas? Why is it so important? Because the, if you look in the Pasha of this Mila, the word bris, covenant, which means the binding between HaKadosh Baruch and ourselves is mentioned 13 times. We also know that 13 is the 13 attributes, the 13 midas ha-chesed of the Yibrani Shalom, yud give a midas for which when a person's in a, in a tzah, in a difficulty, by saying and doubling the yud give a midas for he can elevate himself above that physical and that's why when it comes to the Slichas, we always say the Yud Gimel Mitzvah because we have a, an extra binding Takadosh Baruch The Yud Gimel Brishos, that's the way Talisol is bound Takadosh Baruch through, through the number 13. And that's the number of this Amhaga of Lamalim and If you look in Pasha's Noyach, we have another covenant between Noyach and Akadosh Baruch And if you count the amount of times it says there, if Yusufai Zachava points this out in the Haggadah, if you count the amount of times it says the word Brish there, you will see it says it seven times. Because that bridge was a bridge of Teva. Then Akron Shmokha told Mayach, yes, I've created the world, I'm never going to re- destroy that world. That, that physical world is always going to remain. So there the word bridge is mentioned only seven times. But Kral Yisrael, who is not just a physical world, Kral Yisrael, who really the terror for Kral Yisrael should have started from Akron Yisrael Because Kral Yisrael has the Anhogah and this connection to Akron of Lamaila in Teva. They don't really have the connection of Bereshish Borelikim. They have the connection of Akron Yisrael the Wonderful revelation of Hakadosh Baruch of the month of Nisan. That's really Kalishol's connection. The Yud Gimel Rishos. That's the connection of Kalishol to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Then the Torah should have started at Hakadosh Hazel Lochem, and that's why the Torah calls it Hakadosh Hazel Lochem because it's your month. Time is only is, is a physical boundary. Time is in the physical world. 
These months are months that you can really elevate yourself above the months and you can completely control those months. It's months which are given to you for you to control because you, Kaddishol, can really elevate yourself above the physical boundaries of time. In fact, the Hasidim say a pshat in the Gemara, the Gemara says that the first question that uh, a person is going to be asked after 120, a man at least will be asked when he gets upstairs is, Kavata itim l'tayr. Did you fix time for tayr? And the Hasidim explain this in slightly differently. They say, Kavata itim l'tayr. Did you fix the time to tayr? Did you have the physical time? Was your time a time of Torah? Was the time span that you lived in the Anhogah of HaKadosh Baruch of Torah? Or was it the Anhogah of plain time? And that's the first question that persons ask when they get upstairs after 120. Have you lived that elevated level of a, of, of a Jew, the elevated level of above the physical time, or are you within the constraints of the physical time? And that's the lesson really of the month of Shvat. And that is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Shvat is the first month where the, renew, the, the renewal of the spring the sap is beginning to come through the trees. Spring is in the air. Perhaps this year it's not, but in Eretz and Shabbat, spring is in the air. The, the rebirth is happening. It's a time of ischatshus. It's a time of physical ischatshus. It's a time of when Akashvok is sending new. Physical world is, is being recreated. And at the same time, as we know, the physical world is a reflection of the spiritual world. There's a, a spiritual renewal takes place and starts. Shvat. That spiritual renewal takes place all the way through from Shvat to Nisan, and at Nisan is when we have the Neskodl, that's when the revelation of that spiritual renewal will reach us. The Shvat is the time when that spiritual renewal starts. It's a time for all of us to realize that we really are not bound by the physical world, and we can elevate ourselves by keeping Torah and keeping mitzvahs, and of course keeping mitzvahs Shabbos as one should, and we can be Zechah Be'ez Hashem to live the Anhogah, the Ma'alim Nateva as one should, which is, will be Be'ez Hashem, 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 Be'ez